Now can we talk like human beings? This feels pretty human to me. I know what's on those drives you're stealing. Look at you, brawn and brains. You can't give Hammerhead the last drive. Once he has what he wants, your son will just be a loose end. Let me help you. What are you thinking? Stall him. Give us some time to find your son. I missed you. Glad we're back together again. Not like that. Shame. Okay. I can probably give us a couple days, Max. So, about your son. Is there a chance I'm- Later. For now, let's find him. When he's safe. We can talk about that. Keep in touch, Spider. Oh, MJ's gonna kill me. Hello there, and welcome to episode 13 of PlayStation Pals, a video game podcast. I am your host, Nick, and I am joined by the screwball to my Spider-Man, John. Now, John, I'm going to need you to bring the energy today, because <laughs> a little inside baseball here. We are recording on a Friday, and I am tired, and a showcase once again disappointed us, which we'll get into very shortly. So, John, are you ready to bring the energy? <laughs> yeah, I'll bring it, buddy. I mean, I am I am full with, uh, I have, I think, three donuts and a full large pizza in my belly right now. So, <laughs> I don't know if maybe I'll, I'll, I'll start off the podcast on a sugar high and just j gradually, like, you know, start winding down as you ramp ramp up. But, yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be here. You know, it's been, it's been an interesting week and... Uh, you know, I, I at least at least we got a couple couple cool things to talk about. I I, I suppose going to try to stay positive. Going to try to not, you know, harp too much on these uh, amazing showcases that companies keep gifting us. But um, yeah, man, I'm feeling okay. I'll try and try and do my best. All right, I appreciate it. Maybe I'll be able to feed off or leech off your energy for this one. Yeah. Um, but before we get into things, as I said last week. Uh, update to our DEFCON level, in mm -hmm. which we is the likelihood that we think a Sony showcase is happening. Uh, we did get no announcement this week, and John, correct me if I'm wrong, as far as you know, nothing has changed as far as one way, lean one way or the other, as far as like hints or signals that one might be coming. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought I thought that we had an agreement with the cosmos that when we talk about things, things happen for us. Uh, but it appears that this week we missed uh, on that promise. So, you know, no, we, we thought at this point this week we would have some sort of confirmation, something pointing to a, uh, you know, a Sony uh, a confirmation of a Sony conference happening. But as, as of this time, no, we, we got nothing, man. Okay. All right. So I think we're both comfortable with still being at a DEF CON 2 just leaving it where it's at? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't warrant any raising of the <laughs> of the DEFCON levels with no news. I mean, I'm a pessimist by nature. That's how I am in most most things of, in life. So, you know, I, I almost, I almost, I'm more apt to 
three than I am DEFCON one. Because again, I'm a pessimist. I feel like, oh, well, if it's if we don't know yet, it's more likely that it's not happening than like Sony's just gonna, you know, announce it two days ahead of time. But I still think there's gonna be one. I still think uh, we're going to get some information just simply because there's there's too much out there that's unknown and and these these little tiny drip drip rumors keep coming you know there was something about spider-man footage potentially being shown soon now i i believe that rumor was was dis disconfirmed or, or what have you but you know it it's still it's a smoke if, if when you see smoke there's fire type situation typically in the mm -hmm. video game industry as these things start to pop up i mean just in the past couple of days we've started to see a lot of people talk about you know this this amy henning game that we'll talk about later and like while the rumors weren't a hundred percent accurate like we still got some we still got the confirmation that that game exists today so i think we'll see i think i still think we'll see something yeah but just a matter of when so hold yep. on tight i think again our we our first prediction date didn't come true but our next prediction date september 15th let's Let's hope. Mm. Are you sure you want to put your attach your name to September fifteenth, Nick? I believe, I believe uh, your boy here said September fifteenth like a while ago. I said so. our. I was. Mm. As, I was saying. Oh, I know. I know. You're taking. Cre you're taking credit for me. That's what you're doing right now. <laughs> all right. Fine. When it doesn't happen, you you take the fall. That's fine. I'll send all the, your hate the... mail to uh, PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. Address it to John, please. Attention, John. <laughs> All right, let's move into the show. If you're just joining us, here's the format. John and I both bring three things to talk about. They can be a video game we're playing. It can be a news item. It can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. It can be a tweet at PSPalsPod on Twitter. Any of those things, whatever we feel like talking about, whatever we're doing, uh, we bring it and we talk about it. And I'm going to kick things off because it just happened. The Marvel and Disney video game showcase. Um, <sighs> I feel like you need to put every single one of those words in quotes when you say that. <laughs> uh, blessing Eddie Jr., who we talked about when we were talking about this event, when it was announced, uh, walked us very, very quickly through a bunch of games and... Well, big shocker, the event sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it was another horrible event that makes me question why even have an event. Um, it was about 40 minutes long. There were maybe 10 or so games. Um, I will touch the big items right here and right now. Um, uh, Midnight Suns, that card strategy game from Firaxis that we talked about being delayed till fiscal 2022 uh, is actually coming out this year. So it is coming December 2nd. That is the same day as Callisto Protocol. Uh, it's weird because it was it was announced for October, I believe, and then got that <laughs> fiscal 2022 delay, and then now it's December. So. I don't know what's going on with this game, but... <laughs> well, it's a, at the very least, it's kind of refreshing to see a company or a team come out and, like, give us... Set, set our expectations on when to see this game, and for somebody to actually exceed it is at least a breath of, breath of fresh air. Right. I'm personally not really looking forward to this game. It just doesn't hit mm -hmm. a lot of the genres that I like. But if you are, um, you know, I, I think that that's... 
that's pretty great for for those people. I'm sure that that there's a there was a great many people watching that showcase that were like at least pumped about that for sure. Right. And then the other big news, as, as we talked about a few podcasts ago, was that Amy Hennig's Skydance Studio was going to reveal their very first game. And what we got was a CG trailer of, it looks like the game is set in World War II. It will star Captain America, Black Panther, and then two other smaller characters. Um, it does not have a name. It does <laughs> not have a date. Um, and these are the kind of game announcements that can really just, again, I'm tired today. They can just shove these announcements right up their ass. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just, yes, they can. <laughs> like, you don't have a title. You have nothing to show. Don't show your game. I, I That's where I'm at. Like, just, just don't. Like, this was, a, a, again, a show ending this, a game, uh, and it just doesn't tell us anything it doesn't it's just we don't know what it is how it plays nothing about it it's just I, these yeah, announcements I would, need to stop i would love to see some inside baseball of this conference being put together because it, it really seems to me you know like yesterday was disney plus day right and it's this big celebration within disney They're like hey look at all the stuff that we have on our platform and it seems like this is tied to that right you know i know we have the 100 years of disney coming up so you know they want to celebrate everything that they have but it, it almost seems like somebody put this entire thing together with the marvel disney games showcase being a small piece of it and then we kind of got closer to the date and they're like all right guys what do you got for us and they're like Ooh, we don't have anything and they're like well you have to give us something and like well I mean we can give you like a, a quick CG of like just random buildings in Paris during World War II and it's like I, I guess if that's what you got that's what we're going with because <laughs> yeah like you said man if you don't have a title why what are you doing like and it's not even like there's nothing else to show like I'm, I'm honestly a little bit surprised that like you know I, obviously I don't know if that was the case on why we we're, we're, don't have a title for that game but like there's a big big Star Wars sequel coming out early next year are you telling me that there's nothing you can show for that game to mm -hmm. at least like give us a reason to like walk away from the showcase like amped for what's coming because at this point what are you amped about are you amped about an unknown untitled undetermined game with Captain America? No. Are you are you excited about this game that we've known has existed for the past 12 months, you know, that actually is coming out this year? Probably not. So it's just like at that point, man, either pull the plug on the conference, you know, or or you know, figure it out, Disney. You're one of the most powerful companies <laughs> in the world with some of the most, you know, cherished IP around. Um, and it's just yeah, it's just unacceptable to produce a bunch of bag of turds like they did. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know the reason for these because obviously the, the the bean counters and the people in charge of these companies are much smarter than you and I, right? They, they don't do anything, anything, unless if they see a substantial return of investment on it, whether that's monetarily, um, exposure on the media, things like that. So, And that's like the only thing that I can possibly think of is like, well we might not get a you know a monetary value back from this but at least like it has people just speaking about disney and like i don't know if that's if that is the reason like yeah like you said shove it up your ass disney that's, that's stupid <laughs> oh all of them all these shows yeah. like you're there's two yeah. like we've said over the last few weeks which we're probably going to repeat next week when we recap ubisoft forward is the same thing like mm -hmm. stop having all these events it's just it's just a waste and it's like i know like all the 
sites, IGN, GameSpot, kind of funny. They all live stream every one of these conferences, so you get some kind of extra coverage on what you're going to show there. But nobody's excited about what you're showing at all. Like, no, because <laughs> nothing's kind of good. De- it's depressing, man. You, you know, you and I, we both. I think you know anybody who listens to video game podcasts, right? You have your favorite groups of people and the the critics and the analysts that you you know like to like to follow and kind of see what they have to say and. I can't remember the last time that yeah I've tuned into one of those and people are like oh man well that was great you know let's 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 break this down let's let's get hyped it's always every single time it's like well you know like we we tuned into kind of funny right after and it's like the only thing that I heard anybody say was like well the pace was good and like yeah sure the pace is good but like <laughs> that should be item number 65 on a list of why you have a conference or like you know what what was good about a conference so really scraping the bottom of the barrel and um you know, once again, I'm just gonna save save us, Jim Ryan, save us, Sony. We we know you guys have stuff at least in the in the back burner that is gonna get us excited. Well, so. even in the like the opening like uh, scroll of like everything, all the stuff they were gonna show or that's in their license. Like Jedi Survivor was one of those games, and then it was uh-huh. not in the conference at all. Like what right. happened? <laughs> right. I, I, it, all, it almost yeah it seems disingenuous it seems like hey like you know come watch this you're gonna see want to see this right yeah i know you know cal kestis is the back of his head right that's there's yeah. the red hair and then yeah and then to not see it and um you know or even like i i'm kind of a little annoyed about the avatar game like hey yeah. i don't think the avatar really should have been here at all i'm sure there was money passed around that it had to be especially since we get the ubisoft forward tomorrow which i'm sure we'll see more but I don't know, like, I'm, I'm not an Avatar fan, but I am at least genuinely curious to see what that game looks like. It's going to have beautiful environments. Pandora's a crazy fucking place. And to just be like, yeah, they're making a game. And then, I don't know, what, did they spend 20 seconds on that? And it's just like, maybe. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's craziness. It's craziness. Yeah, it's just, again, another show that asks, why was there a show? And it's just so you can package up a bunch of barely anything to show or games that don't look great. You just put them in one big meaty package and then all the sites cover, give you more coverage than they would if you were to release these things individually, you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, good, good pace. And, uh, as much as I don't really (laughs) care for him, you know, the blessing did a pretty decent job hosting. I, I much prefer the single host that comes in, says a couple things and then if he fucks off as opposed to this weird, (laughs) you know, back and forth thing that we get with, uh, you know, these, these dual hosts that seem to be the fad of late, but yeah, I mean, it's what it is. It is what it is. It's, it's really been the theme of this summer slash now into fall we move, uh, just, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing good to report. One day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'm done with it. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. Stupid conferences. So, uh, yeah, so we did have some big, you know, a pretty, pretty big uh, piece of news in the PlayStation world. Although, you know, it's this is typically a bigger piece of news based on the the team that they bought but sony did buy a new team um on august 29th we got verification uh that sony bought savage game studios uh nick have you ever played a savage game studios game or heard of them 
Nope. This is no, the first yeah. time I'm hearing them. About yeah, them. I think that I think that's probably going to be the the you know going theme for most people. So I'm just going to start off by reading a, a little blog post here um, from Herman Holst, head of PlayStation Studios. Uh, says, "Hello, PlayStation Nation. Today we announced that we have entered into a definitive agreement to acquire Savage Game Studios, a hugely talented team of creatives with many years of experience making some of the most popular mobile." games enjoyed by players around the world. They were founded a few years ago with the goal of fearlessly explore, exploring bold new ideas. We share their tireless ambition to innovate along with a continued drive to expand our audience and bring PlayStation to more people than ever before, making them a perfect fit to join PlayStation Studios. Um, so I don't have a ton to say about this. You know, I've, I've mobile gaming is not my forte. It never has been. Mm -hmm. um, but well, I don't know, Nick. What's what's your gut reaction with this purchase? Like, where does your mind go? Uh, I'm with you. I'm not much of a mobile gamer. I can be if the right game comes out there. I guess it. I mean, we just don't know. I, again, there's nothing here. No games to show. No announcements of what they are working on to get excited about. But you know, Sony has a bunch of great IPs, and if they can make a great mobile game based on any of them. I, I would be down to check it out. Um, I know Nintendo has been doing this a lot lately, and I believe they've been pretty hit or miss. But, I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to predict what you're going to get out of this. And, so, again, Sony has so many IPs that, you know, if maybe a older, maybe this is how Sly comes back or Siphon Filter, like yeah. they come back in some kind of mobile form that we can play. Um, that That could be interesting, but... Again, I don't know, but I, it's something Sony has to do. It's, you know, mobile yeah. is a huge, huge, huge market, and there's a lot of money there to be made, and, you know, I mean, maybe they can tie, tie it into some of their PlayStation 5 games in some way. You know, maybe some unlockables can be, or some kind of cross-progression between both platforms can happen. Mm -hmm. um, that would be That would be neat, but... Yeah, at this, at this is just like, oh, okay. I mean, we didn't even think it was important enough to mention last week, <laughs> you <Right>. know, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with this purchase, you know, I was actually listening to a podcast. Um, you know, I'll plug them right now because I'm sure they wouldn't mind extra viewership. I listen to Sacred Symbols, uh, which is hosted oh, by Colin. Yeah, yeah, they really need it with their 12,000 Patreon members. Um, you know, hosted by Colin Moriarty, who has a long, long, long lineage in PlayStation. You know, we used to work for IGN and things like that. But um, they kind of brought up a, a point um, on their show that uh, just completely slipped my mind. <laughs> um, I'm going to move on to the, the PlayStation blog thing because I have to think of I'm going to come back to that. Okay. But one thing that I have seen... Oh, I'm sorry. I came back to me. So they, they mentioned that, that it seems like Sony right now is in the Tim Cook phase of Apple. And what, what, what they meant by that is they have a person at the helm who is not a creative. He is a business-oriented person who doesn't necessarily push the ball forward, but is good at maintaining a level of success and, and doing the business side of things. And I think we see that with Jim Ryan, especially with the, the um, purchases that Sony has made. have a purchase acquisition style where they would work with a team for a long period of time maybe that team would make a second party game and if it if it you know worked out then sony would come in and buy them you know we saw that with insomniac you know they used to do ratchet and clank on a second party basis and then sony bought them um we saw that with gorilla and uh sucker punch and a lot of other teams and as of recently you know we've seen them buy nixes right nixes is this 
PC port team. They don't really make their own games, they port games. We saw them buy Fire Sprite. Again, they make games, but that's not really what they're known for. It's like they're known because they have a good, solid understanding of VR tech, which obviously Sony wants to get into. And then and then the big one, uh, Bungie, right? They, they buy Bungie not to necessarily make them exclusive games, but because they have such a understanding of the live service space because they've been doing it so long that I see Sony making these purchases from a purely business standpoint to make themselves more well-rounded. And, and I think you could probably tie this same purchase into that grouping where that there's not a lot of lot that they have in the mobile space could they buy a team that is able to facilitate working with their other first party teams to bring like you said the plethora of IPs or things that they have to the mobile market because that is something that they've missed and i think they see everything that they've done since they started putting their games on PC and how hugely valuable it is for them, that they were like, well, that, that was a piece of our pie that we just tapped right into. This is probably another piece of the pie that even if we can get a couple things on there, it's only going to be beneficial to us. You know, I don't think Savage is going to start making PS5 games or anything like that. Their primary thing is just to to handle this, this space that Sony doesn't really exist in. And, you know, so and I know we don't, you know, we don't know a lot about it, but... Um, I, I think we can we can kind of bet that you know it's it's a purely business move, and um, I'm most curious to see like what what type of how do they expand into the mobile market because you know are they gonna are they gonna do the Candy Crush Raid Shadow Legends monetization plan where it's just a bunch of garbage gross things I, I don't think so I think that would seem a little bit too predatory even though that's how you can gain the most amount of money but I also don't see them just releasing like a single player standalone game for iPhone that you buy for five dollars and you never have to give them much more money I bet it'll be somewhere in between um, so we'll see. I, I think you're kind of had a you know uh, that, that's a good point with cross progression or some way to you know implement it, your phone into a game in a different way. It might not be exclusively just to make games, but um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate the purchase. It's nothing to really easily get excited about, though. And um, you know, we'll just kind of have to wait and see what it, what it really turns into. Yeah, and people kind of overlook like with this big Microsoft Activision Blizzard you know, acquisition. People are looking at, you know, they're going to get Call of Duty, which we're going to talk about later, and they're mm -hmm. going to get all the Blizzard games, but they're also going to get King. And no, if you don't know who King is, they are mm -hmm. also a, another publisher that does games like Candy Crush and a bunch of Good. other mobile games. So Good point. Microsoft is probably looking to do the same. I'm sure once they, this acquisition is completed, you might see more mobile games come from Microsoft IPs. Um, so, you know, Sony's not the only one do, trying to do this. Uh, Microsoft's in the same boat, so they must see some kind of, again, I don't, it's kind of obvious. Everyone has a phone, so if you can get a wildly mm -hmm. successful game on the mobile market, that's a lot of money for you. And then if it ties into one of your other IPs, then, hey, I really like this Halo mobile game. Now I'm going to buy an Xbox Series X so I can play Halo Infinite and vice versa, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Sony's not the only one doing this, so it'll. I'm, I'm curious to see what, what comes of this uh, purchase, what their next game will be. Yeah, I I just had a quick I had a thought. It would be you know it'd be kind of cool, and I don't know if it's even possible. But if there was a way to kind of offload some aspects of PS5 games or you know PlayStation games onto the phone, but maybe not the whole thing. Like specifically, I'm I'm thinking in my head right now of Machine Strike from Horizon, right? Where it'd be kind of nice if you could log into your account 
play games of Machine Strike, and then it somehow counts towards the progression of Horizon, like your 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 PS5 mm -hmm. version of the game, where it's like, okay, I don't want to do this on my. I want to, you know, when I'm playing on my PS5, I don't want to spend part of my valuable night playing Machine Strike, you know, whether it's for trophy reasons or not, or progression in the story. But if you could just kind of, you know, twiddle away with that on your phone while you're taking a shit or whatever, it could be kind of, you know, just more more accessible ways to play is never a bad thing. But mm -hmm. um, now we're just, you know, we're just. Uh, you know, kind of grasping at straws here. So that's all I got, Nick. I mean, unless we have anything to anything nope. to add with Savage Games, you know, we can we can definitely hit the next topic. Nope. Let's move on. Let's move on to a topic that's gonna get me all energetic because I'm super excited <laughs> because it involves my one of my favorite games. We talked about it last week, Cyberpunk 2077. There's some news involving the game, and as in podcast tradition in which we talk about something the week before and then the next week a news item comes out about it. Cyberpunk 2077, the developers, CD Projekt Red, announced that, that there was gonna be a Night City Wire, which is their little uh, show that they have that they were doing a lot leading up to the game and obviously with all the controversy kind of put it on the back burner, you know, let all the, not, not give all the angry people something to yell at. but. Hmm. Uh, I do think this cracks the code of our why our predictions are talked about. It has to be one of the six things, John. Okay, okay. If it's not one of the six things, then it doesn't come true. So we gotta make sure sometimes to sneak in a thing about something we wanna come true. So we might just have to make a thing like Gunstar Heroes next week so we can <laughs> talk okay. about it. So Treasure will then announce it. <laughs> Bloodborne 2, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, on September 6th, the Night City Wire came out and uh, and this is all in the lead up to the uh, Cyberpunk 2077 anime, uh, Edge Runners, that is going to be on Netflix coming September 13th. Uh, immediately, they released a new patch for the game. So if you had the game installed or if you download the game, it'll be version 1.6. And a lot of things come with it. They call it the Edge Runners update because a lot of it will tie in with the anime. And uh, this is what we're getting. Uh, cross progression is coming to the game. So if you have a save on you know any platform and you want to move it to any other platform, you know PlayStation to PC, PC back down to PlayStation, uh, you can do that now. And then there were a lot of updates to the game itself. There's more gigs, more weapons. Uh, they have a wardrobe ability now, so you can kind of pick an outfit and when you get another piece of gear you'll just get the stats of that gear it won't change your outfit so your character doesn't always have to look goofy if you want to run the best the best gear in the game uh, you can now change your entire appearance you know all over again if you want so if you go to any ripper dock in the game and you want to go from male to female you want to you know increase your penis size john uh, you you're free to do so now <laughs> Um, anytime you want. Uh, that is something that I couldn't do in my playthrough. That um, is true. That's why I selected the smallest penis so I could watch <laughs> it grow. <laughs> uh, they and then uh, then there's some there's some new hairstyles. Uh, there's a new arcade game called Road Trace. It's just silly. It's a Witcher Three based runner. It's a fun little <laughs> the fun little what? thing. You'll you'll, you'll got, see what, it, John. You what's play it called? It. I gotta look this up right now. Road it's called Trace? Road Trace. Uh, it's funny. Um, and there is a new side quest based on the anime. Uh, it's I went and played through all the new gigs in this side quest. They're all right. 
just there's just more of the same more of the content so there's not a lot there like it, it's not going to bring you back to the game you know it's not a reason to yet but uh that didn't stop cd project red from announcing a big reason to come back to the game they announced a new expansion for it it is called phantom liberty it's coming next year uh, we retweeted the trailer for this. It's about a minute long. It looks amazing. Uh, your character V is taking an oath to work for the new United States of America. It looks like it's going to be some kind of spy espionage thriller. And at the very end of the trailer, we get Keanu Reeves, who we're told is going to reprise his role as Johnny Silverhands in the expansion, where he mentions this is a bad idea. Uh, I'm I'm excited, John. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't with the with the you know the controversy behind this game. You know, before it even launched, it they mentioned it was going to have expansions. They mentioned it was going to have multiplayer, but you know, with the trouble development and you know the lackluster sales, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen. You know, but uh, mm -hmm. knowing that we are getting this expansion, and they have confirmed as of this time, this will be the only expansion for the game. At least we're getting something. At least I'm getting a reason to go back into this game that I love. Um, what did you think of uh, everything? I know you're in the game, so the 1.6 update is really just quality of life for you as you play through it because there are a bunch yeah. of bug fixes but uh and i and you're still in the game so i don't know how high you would be on <laughs> an expansion at this point until you beat it but uh do you have any thoughts on all this all this news no i i mean i think it's 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 great that you know it's coming out i i honestly haven't even watched the trailer for it yet you know because i'm trying to just focus on the main game of cyberpunk as it is mm -hmm. um but i think you know, as much flack as this game has gotten, I still would probably argue that there is not a better team out there in producing DLC than Cyber mm -hmm. or CD Projekt Red. And that's just from one game's experience. You know, the, <laughs> the, the, the quality that, and I, I always get this wrong, so correct me, Nick, is heart, hearts, of, hearts of Stone and Blood and Fire or something? <laughs> heart what, of what Stone the, and Blood and Wine. Heart of Stone and Blood and Wine, the two 3. expansions for Witcher. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's almost unanimous that these are two of the greatest DLCs that ever been made. I, I believe Blood and Wine is thirty hours long, which is just bananas for you know mm -hmm. a a DLC package. So you know you can you can if if you um, can kind of trace that to Cyberpunk, you know you can definitely expect this to be a meaty expansion. I would not ex I would not expect anything short of ten hours, let alone maybe even twenty. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it's it, they're they're going to put a lot of effort into it um but yeah i mean i'm really happy for fans of the game you know it's it's more reason to go back um but uh yeah i mean i, I think i need to just see more of the original game itself to maybe kind of <laughs> di dissect it a little bit more because you know i, I still kind of don't even really know what's going on narratively in, in my game you know i'm about seven or eight hours in right now um you know i've had a, had a lot of family time in the last last week or so that silly silly family so i'm um, hoping maybe this weekend i'll be able to, to jump into it a little bit more but sure. uh, i know that that's been something you've been waiting on so you know uh, I want my Nicky boy to be happy, man. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I did predict this to be a Gamescom, and I was bummed that it wasn't there at all. So to get it to get it now is just refreshing. Uh, again, no date, no price, um, nothing much to know about it right now. But yeah, as you had mentioned, like their expansions 
deserve the name expansion like the, you know because mm-hmm. it's a, a meaty chunk of the game and very few dlcs are feel like that even you know spider-man which we heard at the beginning of this podcast that we heard a, a clip of that's dlc and the city that never sleeps and john you played them they're they're okay, but yeah. you know, there's not. It's, I would never say if someone beats Spider-Man to go and play them. It's like, well, if you really, really want to play more Spider-Man yeah. and see some new characters, go it's ahead. It's a notable but. step down from the main game because you know all that that does is it it basically takes the enemies you've already been fighting, adds a new mechanic to make them way more annoying. You know, whether it's a energy shield that you can't punch or whether it's a dumb rocket launcher that you know whatever that you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, that's typically what you see with stuff. It's you're going to see a lot of reused environments with the same enemy types that maybe have some you know beefed up version of themselves. But I, I would guarantee Cyberpunk's going to create a brand new environment to explore with brand new characters with brand new weapons with brand new costumes and um you know really give that like you know really make it feel like you're you're getting your 20 30 for whatever it costs money's worth out of it so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so very excited for that and again yeah it, cyberpunk is not going anywhere as john plays through it we'll be talking about it and then as this comes out i uh, will i will definitely be playing it so you will be hearing more about it next year all right that's my piece that injected a little bit of energy into me nice nice i can hear it (laughs) some good news finally on the gaming front so (laughs) so let's uh yeah let's switch to a a game that i i am shocked how highly i hold this game dear and now uh this is a game that came out in uh 2018 i've beaten it before but it is included on the playstation extra list so i decided to jump back in just to see if it was i remembered as fondly as i did because you know playing through it the first time i remember liking it not loving it and this time i'm loving it and that game is uh, The Messenger. Uh, Messenger done by Sabotage Studios. Uh, this was their first game ever. So, you know, that's always a, obviously a very exciting thing to see is a new team that comes on the scene and, and nails something. And what this game is, is it's a retro style, uh, 8-bit side-scrolling action platformer, right? You know, if you've played Ninja Gaiden, that is that is what this game is. It's, it's It wears Ninja Gaiden on its sleeve. But what it does... In like the small things and the finer things are just nailed to perfection in this game. So, um, you know, the main mechanic that kind of sets this game apart is you kind of have this air jump ability where if you are in the air and you hit something with your sword, anything that can be hit, whether except for like a wall, whether it's a like a lamp, like think of Castlevania, you know, little lamps or candles that you can hit that drop things, or whether it's enemy projectiles, enemies themselves, it gives you another jump. So basically you can create this awesome flow of movement throughout a level where you're kind of jumping around, you're hitting enemies, you're jumping here and there, you have a glide ability, so you're kind of gliding around, jumping to this projectile, getting up to secret secret areas that you kind of have to time the projectiles perfectly, or whatever the case, where it really, really is just a lot of fun to just go through a level from start to finish and just see how well and how flowy you know you can kind of make everything. And that's just from the gameplay standpoint. This music ha- or this game has phenomenal music. It's some of the best music I've I've heard in a game in a long, long time, especially for a um, 8-bit side-scrolling kind of game. You know, it has that old-school retro, f- you know, MIDI feeling to it, where it's a lot of like chibi tunes and things like that. But um, you know, kind of flared up and and done in an awesome way. Um, you know, and its attention to detail is great. Like you know, you go through a level, and if the music's you know bumping in the background, then you your character dives underwater the music 
immediately shifts into like if the music was being played underwater you know and you're like oh that's really cool it's just like a minor little touch that kind of gets you a little bit more into it um, but one thing that this game does that's really kind of makes your I don't know if it's a jaw-dropping moment but it's like a holy fuck moment is like halfway through this game when you think you're about to beat this game it it pulls a 180 and it basically resets itself and becomes a 16-bit game and then it becomes a, a Metroidvania so, you know, like I said, in the, in the first half of the game, you're going just level to level, Castlevania Ninja Gaiden style. And then you basically have the ability to go back and forth on the map. It's, it gives it all of a sudden gives you one of those like cube style maps, you know, where you see all the squares. So, you know, the room to room to room. Um, you've changed into a 16 bit style. So your character looks the same, but everything seems a little bit nicer. The colors are brighter. The music even changes. It changes from 8 bit music to 16 bit music. And then, you know, so you're like, oh, wow, that's that's so cool that they they put the care and effort into this. Because I've heard from many, many people that pixel art is some of the hardest to pull off. It's harder than, you know, doing real five and things like that so the team really uh was able to flex what they were able to do uh artistically uh with that switch but you know then they start playing around with this switch you know from a gameplay standpoint where there's these little portals throughout the world that have you go back and forth immediately between the two where you know in the 8-bit world there's a wall that's blocked off in the 16-bit world that wall's open so you can kind of bounce back and forth and you know and like the music's changing all the time the aesthetics of everything's changing all the time so it really you know keeps you keeps you into the game and just makes you want to want to keep playing because it's coupled with the fact that it is so fun to move around too um so I, I highly encourage people, if you are a fan of retro-style games, if you played SNES Genesis um, games back in the day, I think this game's going to be for you. Um, and it's not to mention, also, the writing in this game is genuinely funny. There's a character that you kind of consistently go back to. He's kind of, you know, I think, like a shopkeeper, but he's, he's very tongue-in-cheek. He breaks the fourth wall every once in a while. And, like, is, you know, we've all... We've all sat through games where, like, you can tell that the writers are trying to be funny and just nothing lands. And this one, it's it's there's no voice acting, so you're reading everything and everything's hilarious. Um, so it's just it's one of those games, you know, much like a Hades, a Celeste. You know, if we were ever to do a perfect games thing, I would think about it. I don't know if I'd quite go there, but I highly, highly encourage anybody who is into old style games, especially if you have PlayStation Extra because it is free there. Nick, you really <laughs> should you really should play this game. Um, you know, it's got an 86 on. On Metacritic, you know, people really, really liked it. Destructoid gave it a 10 out of 10. Um, but just wanted to to shine a little light on this slow news week, you know, and pull out a game that that I think you know a lot of people may have missed. Um, that is definitely deserving of a of sec, second second look. Um, so yeah, you you play that shit, Nick. You don't. You, it's not a question. You do it. So right? I I have played this. Uh, similar to John's experience with Game Pass, I have an Xbox One, and I signed up for Game Pass because it was like a dollar for a month, and and I was one of the many games that I downloaded, and I did get attached to it. I didn't play it enough to get to that twist, the 16-bit twist, but I, I it was one of the games that I played more of than any other, um, so I definitely know it's a good game, and yes, hopefully in the next month, two months, as long as all these extra games aren't straight fire as we talked about last week <laughs> yeah I w yeah I should probably go back to this game because I I yeah. do remember really enjoying it so the controls feel good on PlayStation on PS5 oh so good it feels okay. so good I mean yeah and like you know I think they did a good job whether you want to use the analog stick or the d-pad I, I okay. encourage the d-pad again you know it's just that style game um but no very 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 tight controls and um 
One last note about this team. You know, like I mentioned, Sabotage. This was their first game. Um, if you play this game, or even if you don't, uh, I, I also encourage everybody to check out the next game that they're making. They're making a game called Sea of Stars, which uh, is a... If this is a direct ripoff of Ninja Gaiden, which it is, Sea of Stars is a direct ripoff of Chrono Trigger, which... Um, I've never beaten, but I know how cherished that game is a lot of, amongst a lot of people. But again, it's got the absolutely gorgeous pixel art, and uh, if they can nail the gameplay aspects of that game too, I think that that's going to be something special. So, cool. Sabotage games, everybody. All right, yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, very good indie developer, <laughs> as we've mm -hmm. seen. Yes. All right. So moving on, I wanted to get into the future of Call of Duty on PlayStation. It has kind of been the discussion this week as I will get into, but I guess before we get into that, John, I wanted to, I know you just talked for a bit, but if you could briefly tell me what's your thoughts on Call of Duty as a franchise right now. Ah, okay. Interesting question. Um, <laughs> if, if, if you need time to think, I can I can no. go first. But no, I've I've been uh, I've lived around Call of Duty for more than half of my life now. So um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a lot of, a lot of thoughts on it. Just so I guess really quickly, I guess my backstory with Call of Duty. Um, you know, I, I got Modern Warfare Four. You know, which I think was a lot of people's. That was like the, it, Call of Duty's coming out game, um, and I loved them. Loved them. Played them out in college. You know, lots of lots of time spent with my best friends. Just you know, doing multiplayer matches and things. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Nothing, no game. I feel, I think I, maybe to this day feels as good as just a shooter. You know, they've nailed the the mechanics. But I I say all that to kind of. I don't know if it's me because I, I haven't played Call of Duty consistently since college because I found that if I buy it myself and I try to get into multiplayer, I just get mad. You know, I, I don't have a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, emotional self-control. I don't know. But the, the Call of Duty, it's waning, man. I mean, it's... If we think back on the, the last couple of releases, you know, Vanguard, I think, was historically... Uh, one of the worst sellers. Like it's it sold like 50% less than than Black Ops Cold War did, and you know that was a year uh, a release that came out with a new generation of consoles. So it's probably gonna see a little bit of a, of a bump there. But you know, Call of Duty is not played by people who are looking for the best gaming experience out there. I I feel like at this point, Call of Duty is played by people because they play Call of Duty. Like that's just what they know. That's what they they are comfortable with. They don't want a different a different experience. So while no doubt, you know, every year a Call of Duty game comes out it has a chance to be the best-selling game of the year and, and you know I'm pretty sure like you know something like 15 of the last 17 years that has been the case but I, I do see a little bit of an overvaluing of Call of Duty as a brand um, because I, I think if if another if another first-person shooter was able to break onto the scene and really pull blow people's hair back I think you would start see a slow shift it wouldn't be immediate it wouldn't be something that you know people would immediately let go of Call of Duty but you know maybe like a World of Warcraft style Final Fantasy 14 thing where it's just like it's gonna slowly eat away at it and I just I'm curious to see if 20 years from now if, if Microsoft regrets the purchase of Activision Blizzard but I just, yeah, I don't think Call of Duty is, is what it was. It's still undeniably one of the biggest franchises in the world, but, uh, you know, it's it's due for some some innovation. It's, it's getting a little stale. That was the brief 
statement, huh? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I had to, I had to gather my, my 10 minutes of thoughts. <laughs> I'll frame it this way, because, again, Acti if Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard, you know, the future of Call of Duty on PlayStation is up in the air. Would you be bummed if Call of Duty was no longer on PlayStation? I know you have an Xbox, so your ability to play the game uh, mm. is, is not gone, uh, but... If you didn't, if you weren't able to play this on your preferred platform anymore, uh, would you, would you would you be bummed? No, personally, no. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at with the franchise. Uh, when you have a franchise that's on its 19th, it has released 19 times uh, as of this recording. <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 in October will be its 20th release, which is just plain insanity. Um, and I'm with you, you know, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare and Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare 2 were just like watershed moments, you know. I, I believe Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was the last time I stood in line outside of a GameStop for mm -hmm. a midnight launch. Um, and I think my connection to that franchise is it was mostly social. I mean, those games played incredibly. They were fun to play, but it was just such a social event. You know, you would get in a party, you play the games all night, and that would be your weekend. So many weekends, so much time spent on this franchise. But it's, it's very hard for me to retain playing any game for an extended period of time. So I think Modern Warfare 3, I, I think I beat and uh, played a little bit of multiplayer, and then I was gone, and I haven't been back since. So, right. Uh, same same boat if you know i i know it hurts playstation a lot for the franchise not to be around anymore but personally i i could care less and i i'm curious as to what the future is whether with microsoft or not but moving on to the kind of the topic because you know phil spencer and jim ryan have been talking about it this week uh because again if microsoft buys activision blizzard the future of uh, this franchise that I'm sure has made Sony so much money in uh, mm. royalties and all the expansions and map packs and all the cosmetics that uh, Warzone brings, uh, that will it be here? So uh, Bloomberg earlier in January reported that, you know, there's a deal for the, at least the next three games to be on the PlayStation platform. So that includes this year's Modern Warfare 2, and then the next two games, which one is supposed to be the sequel to Warzone, and then whatever the next, I believe it, the Treyarch Call of Duty that's coming. Um, but as this acquisition has been taking place, you know, Phil Spencer keeps getting asked about this, because this is kind of the, again, the, the big franchise. This is, mm -hmm. you know, what, what is going to happen to Call of Duty once this acquisition completes? And Phil Spencer, you know, talking to The Verge, says that, hey, they're committed to keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation for several more years. So, <laughs> you know, after saying that, you know, Jim Ryan, you know, President's Chief, you know, this is what he said in response to that. He says, Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was in inadequate on many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. So people's thought is, 
is that Sony's deal is going to end in the next two years, 2024. And that if you take Phil Spencer on his word several years, let's say three years. So, you know, after 2027, it is possible that Call of Duty just disappears off PlayStation. Uh, I will mention that Microsoft also did buy Minecraft and still supports Minecraft on Sony platforms. So they do have a kind of a precedence for, you know, not taking away franchises from Sony that they own. But uh, I guess, John, how do you think this is going to shake out? I know we're not we're not economists and, uh-huh. you know, this is all pure speculation. This is all out from a gut feeling is where do you see, let's say by 2030, where is, and, and this deal goes through, of course. You know, if the yeah. deal doesn't go through, then this is all a moot point, uh, you know. But if this Activision Blizzard acquisition goes through, where do you see Call of Duty in 2030? Uh, I mean, my balls tell me that it's uh, it's probably going to be Xbox exclusive, you know, if I, mm-hmm. were, to, if I were to guess. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I'm sure I'm going to forget a bunch and later be like, damn it, I should have said that. But... <laughs> um, you know, I think it was kind of good that you framed the question off the bat, top here, Nick, the way you did is like Call of Duty is is a declining franchise. Um, you know, I actually pulled up while you were talking, Nick, just the best selling Call of Duties out there. And like, you know, number one out there is Black Ops with 30, 30.71 million. I'm sorry, that's that's 30.72 million. And then Modern Ugh. Warfare 3, uh, Black Ops 2, Ghosts, Black Ops 3, Modern Warfare 2. Uh, those are the top six, and all of those games. Those that's like the the early 2010s period mm, when Call of Duty was on, t- right? Top <laughs> of the fucking world, man. And then like I kind of keep going down the list, and you know until I see one that's like in one of the recent ones. You got Call of Duty World War Two at 19 million. While 19 million is, you know, there are developers out there that would, you know, mm-hmm. fucking give their their legs and arms for those kind of sales. That's still, you know, a what a. Uh, 33% drop off from what they once were and it gets worse and worse you know that's just that's just um you know one of one of the better selling recent ones mm-hmm. so you know i i don't think it's going to 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 be as big of a blow for playstation people as we think it is now what does Sony do to, you know, counter counter that? Because they're going to have to. I think, you know, what Sony's answer is, is they're kind of preparing for it right now. You know, I don't know if they know behind scenes if it is actually going to be pulled or not, or if maybe they're going to they're gonna actually bring it to PlayStation. At this point, I don't trust Phil Spencer. I know he is, like, seems to be the golden boy of the video game world right now, especially on the Microsoft side. It's like, you know, we love Uncle Phil. He's so nice. He's, he wants games for everyone. But it just seems like he talks out of both sides of his mouth, you know, if he's in a forward-facing position, you know, where he's hosting a conference or if he's making a post, you know, t- to the public, he, you know, he gets all lovey-dovey and like, we want games for everybody. You know, that's like their big thing is we want games for everybody. And and I'm trying not to put on my, my PlayStation fanboy hat as much as possible right now because I understand PlayStation has been the worst offender of that lately. You know, they have a lot of agreements out there, whether it's with Square Enix for Final Fantasy VII Remake or whatever they have to make, you know, third-party games exclusive to their platform. But that's, you know, say what you want. And Final Fantasy VII Remake is not Call of Duty. So, you know, there is a little bit of a difference there, but... You know, I, I say fuck it, man. I say fuck them. You know, if they want to keep Call of Duty, <laughs> let them let them keep it. You know, I think Sony is the publisher out there that is able to make a 
a competent competitor of a first-person shooter. You know, they, they are working with Deviation Games, which was founded by two members of the original, like, Call of Duty, like, that primetime Call yeah, of Duty Treyarch. time. I, I th right, Treyarch, yeah, I think, you know, so they made the original Black Ops, which, you know, shocker, on my list I just read is the best-selling Call of Duty game of all time. So they obviously know what it takes, and, you know, maybe that's Sony's plan all along. It's like, we're going to get this team to get us our long-needed first-person shooter, first-party first party game, because that is maybe the biggest black hole in their portfolio. Um, you know, so I say, fuck it. Let them take it. You know, I, 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 unless if they're going to innovate that franchise to oblivion, which, uh, again, not trying to throw shade, Xbox doesn't innovate. That's not what they do. I think it's just you're just going to continue to see diminishing returns until either you have a dedicated smaller fan base, and by small for Call of Duty standards, I'm I you know I mean 10 to 15 million. I don't think it'll ever really get below that. It, you're always going to have dedicated people, mm -hmm. but um, you know it, it's at the end of the day, people, it's just another first-person shooter that has very specific comfort things that you like, right? It's you you like the way that the shooting feels, you like the guns, you like the way that drops happen, but. It's not, it's not, I play a lot of video games, man. It's not that good, all right? I'm just going to say it. It's, you know, that might be a hot take. It's not that good of a game. Titanfall 2 is better. Um, you know, there's better first-person shooters out there. So, um, yeah, I would expect to see it on, I, I kind of, at this point, man, I used to be in the camp that, like, there's no way they're going to pull it over on PlayStation, but I think, I think Phil is trying to lay the groundwork now that that's what they want to do if they have the ability to do it. Right, and again, this acquisition is being reviewed, you know, by all these government agencies, you know, around the world. So he's he's got to say this, you know, he, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he's not going to say anything else right now. But uh, again, if if Microsoft does purchase Activision Blizzard and Call of Duty, like Call of Duty will become a Game Pass franchise. So I don't think they're right. the the sales of the game. I don't think they're concerned with like, oh, okay, diminishing returns, whatever. That's not what we're concerned about. But we are concerned that people are going to subscribe to Game Pass and. Call of Duty's multiplayer with its, you know, seasons and its, uh, you know, season passes and all that uh, for fit perfectly well into, you know, a Game Pass subscription service because now I'm just going to say subscribe because I got to play my Call of Duty on there. You know, I, yeah. I don't buy the games anymore. I just subscribe to the service and a game that I paid $60 a year, I'm paying, you know, I'm paying even more, but I'm also getting all the other games. So... Well, that's the main. That's honestly the main reason that I am a little like shocked that it's it's they they want to even pull it from PlayStation because I I've, it might have even been today or yesterday they just released, you know, basically the percentages that all the big companies gave Activision for their revenue. Uh, Sony in 2020 was number one with 22 percent, followed by Apple and Google at 17 percent, and then Microsoft fourth at 11 percent and. Apple and Google actually overtook Sony in 2021 to be Activision Blizzard's number one, but Microsoft even fell below double digits. So like that's a huge chunk to just give up. And I would have thought that the enticement of saying that these games are on Game Pass would have been at least enough of a leg up to try and get people into there while retaining the revenue that they could have made from PlayStation. Because mm -hmm. I don't think pulling Call of Duty from PlayStation is going to get I, I just I, I just feel like it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't be enough to get people to choose an Xbox over PlayStation in this day and age mm -hmm. maybe to maybe 10 years ago but I don't think it is today so why not have your cake and eat it too but I guess it just it weakens PlayStation at the very least and that might just be more valuable than the money that that you know would would come in from PlayStation I don't know yeah 
yeah, it's all speculation. Uh, personally, I think that they'll just leave the Battle Royale version, the Warzone or Warzone 2, Warzone 3, whatever that is. I think yeah. that'll always just be on PlayStation because it's just another, you know, more platforms. It increases your player base. You know, that's more bodies in these giant lobbies and that are only going to get bigger as the technology increases. So why not have Warzone on every platform just just with crossplay, And then, you know, all the the single player uh, Call of Duty games and then the multiplayer that's attached to that after this deal or after if Phil Spencer is true on his promise. After that, by 2030, this our our speculative date is that all those single player games, Modern Warfare 4, 5, 6, whatever, will all just be on Xbox. That is that is my thought on yeah, this. I could see that. So, but it'll be interesting. It's something to watch. Again, this is all based if this acquisition goes through and that has not happened yet. So, we'll just yeah. we'll just keep an eye on it, but uh yeah, it's nice to see Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan, sh- you know, <laughs> I think I, corporate I think talk. they should. I think they should just you know like do a celebrity death match style brawl. A winner gets Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I don't know, I, I think it looks like Phil Spencer probably had, or rather Jim Ryan has twenty years on Phil Spencer. So <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave. We'll put a pin in that. That'll definitely be coming up in the future. Um, as again, one of their games is coming out in a month from now. So. Yep. Uh, we'll be talking Call of Duty. So, all right, moving on, John. What is our final topic? What are you closing out with? Us, out, yeah, us with? another short one. You know, in a pretty dry week. But I, I wanted to talk about one of the uh, PlayStation Essential games this, this that we got this month, and that's um, Toem or Tome. Um, so first off, right off the bat, I hate this name. I never know how to say it, so I'm just going to say that right now because it's, I was just going to ask a, you which is correct. It's a du- it's a dumb name, all right. I've played I don't know an hour, hour, two hours maybe, and at no point in this game have I seen a character named Tome, a, a city named Tome, or it's like just pick a different name, man. It's silly, <laughs> but um, yeah. So you know, I, I jumped into this, you know, and just wanted to at least give check it out. Admittedly, mm-hmm. you know, first thing I do, did was Tome Trophy Guide and saw that oh, it's a quick one. You know, it's a quick play. Platinum. So, you know, if it's you halfway decent, dog. I know, I know. <laughs> Don't act like you didn't too. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to at least check it out and see what it was about. You know, if it's a short, nice indie experience, maybe it's something I would want to see through. And at this point, I'm kind of up in the air about that statement. Um, I think it has a decent amount of things going for it. You know, it's very, very cute. You know, it's it's despite being black and white, it has a pretty unique art style. You know, the art style shines through, and you know, you can get the vibe that it is a very small, intimate game. Um, I think it utilizes the dual sense pretty nicely. Um, you know, when the game starts, you can tell immediately it's got a pretty decent uh, haptic feedback system. Um, you know, and obviously it's it's a camera uh, picture taking game, so you get that slight resistance on the trigger when you when you pull uh, when you pull that down to take a picture, which is kind of nice. And you know, your controller vibrates in a little. Way, like a you know, like that you would kind of expect it to do, um, and the music's really nice, or at least the audio in general, right? It's like I think when I booted up the game, I saw like one of those splash screens that you typically see, you know, developer and, and any of those that middleware that gets added into a game, and one of them was legitimately like an audio design team. So I was like, okay, so off the bat, I'm like, all right, I'm going to pay attention to the audio in this because somebody dedicated themselves to it. And, and I think hmm. they pretty did a pretty good job. You know, like you start the game in what I can only assume is your room and your TV is on and it's staticky. I didn't notice the static when the game loaded in because it was already going, but you can go over to the TV, interact with it and turn it off. And like it, it, 
it turned it off in my headphones. I, I have the the Pulse uh, 3D headphones, so you know it just it, it when I turned it off, it's like oh man, everything went silent. And, like I turned it back on, and it just felt real re- realistic and authentic. Um, so the audio capture is pretty great, but when it comes to the actual gameplay itself, you know you're you're kind of wandering around this town, you know, going from from map to map. You know, think of any type of uh, Metroidvania where you know you can kind of see the doors off the off the side of the screen that you know stick out like little tabs right that you can kind of walk into and then hit X and you're going to transition to the next screen but yeah all you're really doing man is kind of going from screen to screen do you see anything moving? Are there any little critters scurrying around or any plants? Then take a picture of that. And then you kind of rinse and repeat. You know, but there's not really a good way. There's no map. There's no good way to kind of keep track of what you're doing. You know, if you are going for a platinum or something like that in this game, you have to fill out the compendium, which is like, a, I think it's like 54 different things you need to take pictures of. And as far as I can tell thus far in the game, again, I'm not done with it, but I feel like I would have reached the point where they would have talked about it. There's really no good way to keep track of this stuff or to Mm -hmm. know what you're missing or know where the things are it's just like oh well you didn't notice on this one screen that in the corner there's butterflies flying around this tiny little plant it's like all right man like that's (laughs) it just seems kind of kind of bad game design but that's not to say the game is without merits um i think it's a it's a cute little you know cute little game you know if you have a kids maybe you know if somebody who's into photography or you know you have a spouse or a girlfriend who's maybe into smaller easy to control you know there's obviously not any twitchy movements or anything like that could be a a short little three to five hours of enjoyment you know it's got a 79 on open critic i think that's pretty pretty accurate it might be a little bit lower than that to me but i can definitely see certain aspects of the game that people have latched onto um and you know that's not a bad thing. Um, I know you played a little bit of it, Nick. What do what do you kind of what's your experience with it so far? Uh, do you like the art style? Uh, I kind of do. I mean, I I know it's it's bubbly and it's you know it's it's meant to be. It's you know where these little creatures that you know act like humans. But I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for black and white things. First of all, and. Okay. Yeah, and I just, I don't know, I kind of, it knows what it is, right? It's not trying to do anything crazy. I just, and I feel like if the game was colorized, it, it would take away some of the charm for me personally, um, you know? So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I've only played like maybe an hour of it, and I'm up in the air on whether I'll play, I'll, I'll check it out more, but who knows if I'll finish it. But yeah, the art style, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, the black and white. I think it just makes things more difficult uh, to spot, uh, as you yeah, mentioned, when you're, trying to, when you're trying to find things. And as, and as you mentioned, like you go into like these isometric rooms and there's a weird things in the room and you're taking pictures of them and there's like no like feedback like right. some things there's feedback like oh this was a bug and it's in your catalog now but there's like this big like angry it looked like a porcupine on top of a building and he would get angry when I pointed the camera at him and then he would run away but I and I took a picture of him but I, was, I didn't know if like yeah. did I get it did I get he's the shot? A, uh, he's a side quest later. You meet you meet another porcupine. Right. He's like, I need, I need my brothers. Is that what he is? Is he a porcupine? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. No, I met that guy. And again, he, okay. he, he was like, oh, there's one of my brothers is here. And I'm like, I thought I took a picture of that one. Did I not? Did it not register? Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Again, it's a, it's, it's a free game. 
you know, I'll, I'm checking it's free. it out. Check it out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no harm, no foul, but it's just one of those, like, I, I'm sure it was made by a very, very, you know, probably like three to five man team, and it's it's great, but it's just like those little, like, how could you not think like, okay, if I walk into a room, all you need, literally all you need is something in the top right that says like zero slash X amount of things in that on that right. screen, you know. So it's like, okay, I know that on this screen I have seven of eight. Let me find it so that I'm, because like again, with no map, with no indication of where you need to go, you could just be wandering around forever, man, and that's no fun. Right. So I don't know. I'll, I'll probably stick with it until I decide, you know, it's it's really not worth my time, or I want to, you know, shove a shove a platinum in your face. But um, you know, it's uh, it's okay. It's I'm okay. tired, John. I'm not in the mood yeah, for no, your platinum gotta... smack talking. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm wearing you down, man. I can tell you. are like, I don't want to do this anymore, you idiots. <laughs> All Long right. Time. Well, that's six things. We are done. I did forget to mention at the start that that PlayStation firmware update, that beta we talked about all the way back in episode mm. seven, that's live now. So... If you have a PlayStation 5 and you want to play in that 1440p or any of the other features we discussed all the way back in Episode 7, those are live. Um, did you play around with any of it, John? No, I haven't played around with it. I mean, I did. the only thing I saw was there was an article that somebody said there was like a hidden trophy feature um, where you can kind of go in now and basically... Instead of having to go into all the hidden trophies and hit X and then hit square to like see what it is, you can literally just like select to dehide everything. Which for me personally, I would do because like I don't, I'm not that spoilers, excuse me, not that spoiler sensitive. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it, you know, it's it's that level of quality of life stuff. I you know, 1440p is going to be great for very specific people, but um, overall, nah. I mean, it's 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 pretty. Yeah, I did notice when I went to play Cyberpunk to play this update that I had play game and then like start activity were right next to each other. Yeah. So that that is something new that it'll jump you right into the activity. Um, yeah, and that's good. They need to they need to figure out a way, you know, two years in now to steer people into like the the extra features that the console has that I I feel I, I feel like a lot of people aren't using. I mean, if if you and I aren't using activity cards, who the hell is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that so. is very true. Well, all right. We are going to leave you on more cyberpunk because I just can't get enough, you know, with this news and all. But this time we're going to go from original music to licensed music, even though it is a licensed song made specifically for this game. And it Mm -hmm. is from a band that both me and John enjoy immensely. It is called No Save Point. It's by Run the Jewels and Yankee and the Brave. Mm -hmm. It is a great song. It has some, you know, Night City specific lyrics in it. It's really good. It's a great and, song. And everybody, if you enjoy this, listen to all four of the Run the Jewels albums. They're all great. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Do we have anything to tease for next week? We will be talking that Ubisoft Ford. I'm sure this will be the one that breaks the streak of bad yep. conferences. I, I just I just know it. <laughs> yeah, Skull and Bones, right? Skull and Bones is just going to gonna blow our hair back. Um, I, no, nothing to tease. I, th- I think like you know, we one of us might start Last of Us. That's kind of like a game I think that we're both kind of thinking right. of getting into. But uh, you know, we'll see. Right. And and I'll hand this to Ubisoft. Like usually their conferences have lots of gameplay, and they always mm-hmm. end on a game 
that we didn't know about, even though all of it has leaked by now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, probably, it's probably Mirage. Or, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, it'll be Assassin's Creed something, one of the multiple games they have planned in that franchise. But we will bring to you all the interesting things about it next week or just bitch and complain about it like we've been all the other ones. So That one. Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah, most likely that one. But <laughs> all right. We will see you next week again with six more things or a Sony showcase again, but uh, we will let you know. So enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening and goodbye, guys. R.I.P. Queen Liz. We love you. Bye. 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 When the laws of entropy touch, you better dread the judge Wiser men than us been crushed to find dust When a fortune cookie dummy unfucked, I just shrug A note like a broken electrical pole song But a dun for the scum of the circuitry on the run Haven't seen the sun with the naked eye much So the neon is my god and it shine on the numb Hop up with the bike I got, okay, ready Work ain't been too steady, I'm headed for something heavy the credits, I'll pull the crime of the century Morality's only a memory when belly's empty Swine, get they high mind, focus on taking mine Get in line, swine, you won't deny me my piece of pie Any fucker in this pro future that they design Don't comply, I'll supply a deletion, the end is nigh I, I used to pray to God, but I think he took a vacation Cause now the state of Cali is ran by these corporations The skyscraper shallow, the homeless, the population The degradation they face which should be an abomination They body parts are stolen and sold to the richest patient And we the mercenaries at war with the active agents The legislators that work for the sadists that kill the babies Would die in the back of a bullet built on Mercedes Just to serve, murder them and the chauffeur This humble herb Life a fucking bitch, but this bitch ain't divorcing me. Uh-huh.